Camp, Camp, Camp Radio. Camp Radio. Camp. Welcome to Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. Camp Radio, discussing trends and issues that will encourage ministries and churches in their efforts to impact people for Christ. To learn more about TN Baptist Camps, visit us at tnbaptistcamps.org. Now, today's Camp Radio. Thank you for joining us on Camp Radio. My name is Kevin Peerich, and I'll be your host. Today we have with us Charlie Wills. He's the pastor at New Home Baptist Church in Braxton, Tennessee. That's Baxter. Baxter, Tennessee. That's okay. It's Baxter. <laughs> We're going to go with that. That's fine. We can go with that. <laughs> well, Charlie and I have been friends for a long time, mm-hmm. and so he's he's uh, participated in Journey Camp and uh, Super Summer. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we started coming to Journey Camp in 2010, I think. Yes. We've been here... A long stretch. Yeah. And actually, I have some video, and I, I can't remember. Well, actually, a couple boys accepted Christ the day, during journey camp. Yes. Yeah. During journey camp. That's right. And, and they're probably like like married by now. No, they're teenagers. <laughs> they are late teens right yeah. now. They're in, they're in their, uh, one's mm. a freshman and one's a uh, senior yeah. in high school. Oh, that's hard to believe it's been that long. It is. It's crazy. Well, Charlie, I appreciate you being, uh, spending some time and just talking on the podcast. I really just want to uh, just talk about your ministry and what's going on. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Oh, well, um, I've been pastoring New Home Baptist Church for 11 years next month. I got to be the interim for a year during a building project that I have, so they test drove me a year, so they knew what they were getting. It wasn't a cold vote. Yeah. But uh, this is the first church uh, I've pastored. I was a horse trainer for about 15 years when God called me out of that into ministry and uh, new home was where I was called to. And that's where we have been ever since. Uh, it's a wonderful little church on the outskirts of, uh, on the edge of Putnam County. I have a, a wonderful group of people. I have a great church family, uh, deacons that I love and, and support us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tell people all the time, it's, it seems kind of funny after I talk to some of uh, my pastor brothers that I, uh, we have fun at our deacons meetings, uh, getting to talk and fellowship, and it's just a, a great group. I'm really tickled to be their pastor. Yeah. Now, you, you before we uh, start recording, you uh, mentioned about your your background of of other being involved in different denominations about, and you were not Baptist growing up. You were no, I was raised. We went to the um, a little Cumberland Presbyterian church that was close to our house. And I think it was by default, so we could just walk to church and stuff. But that's where I, I lived my uh, up until probably I was about 18 at mm-hmm. that same little church. And oddly enough, my cousin, who was raised in that church, uh, is the, the pastor there now. And he's been pastoring that church for about eight years. So he's never left and been there. But it's a, a wonderful ministry he has. But uh, my wife was a part of a Southern Baptist church. And as I would visit their church, I would go to Sunday school at my church and church at her church. And we ended up just migrating over there. And that's really the church that, that's the church I was called to ministry in or answered the call. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a backstory. I kind of used horses to run away from the call. I was called at 17 and I used my abilities in the horse industry to run from it. But God uses, gives you opportunity wherever you are. It's like Jonah, he don't let you off the hook just for that. As a friend of mine told me one time, there is always a boat going to Tarshish. I remember that quite often. (laughs) But anyway, at ra- being raised, our churches were probably 15 miles apart. And one of the things that was kind of uh, interesting to me is I would pass so many churches and I would notice their, I was going between Sunday school and church. So I would see their parking lots pretty full. 
And I had no idea what they believed because I had lived and worked and served and everything I knew about church came from this little bitty church, uh, this little Presbyterian church. And then as a result of that, of that questioning of other believers' faith and things and getting to know the Baptist doctrine, mm-hmm. uh, it was a wonderful eye-opening experience. I praise God that he led me that direction. Now, you said that, uh, so I, I assume that you started going to Baptist church because after you were married. We did. And so where'd you meet your wife at? Well, me and my wife, we went to school together. Yeah. She was a grade ahead of me. Uh, and so she was, she is a few months older than me. When we started dating, though, she was in college and I was still a senior in high school. Uh, so she was a little older, but I obviously married up because yeah. anybody who knows my wife knows that yeah. she makes me tolerable. <laughs> uh, literally, she really makes me tall. She's a wonderful woman, wonderful, godly woman. I praise God for yeah. giving her to me every day. Uh, she's a part of every aspect of the ministry that we have. She does a lot of the children's ministry, not because she has to, but mm-hmm. because she really enjoys that. She's an, an organizing type person and loves to do that. But yeah, that's where mm-hmm. we met in high school and had some classes together, though we didn't start dating until she started into college. But uh, from there, when she finished college, we moved to Oklahoma and uh, where I worked as a trainer. And uh, we lived in West Virginia for a while. I went to work for another farm in West Virginia before we came back and settled in Tennessee and really got involved in the local church. And that was probably my first involvement with the Tennessee Baptist Convention and getting to know those things because I started meeting some of the people that were involved in the inner workings of that through our vacation Bible school and things like that. Now, she's a nurse by trade, right? No, she's a school teacher. School. Why not think she's Well, she has a degree in, in nursery and landscape management. We've oh. talked about that before. Oh, okay, so possibly yeah. that. But Somehow she's a, make connections. Yeah, yeah, but she's a school teacher now. Yeah. She started teaching uh, a year, a couple of years ago uh, at the school my kids go to. Well, now, uh, look, just tell me a little bit about uh, what's been going on in church. I know that we're since all everybody's coming out of COVID, you, you share with me some good things that, that mm-hmm. has happened during that time. Oh, yeah. The funny thing about COVID is we refer to it as BC, you know, before COVID, yeah. like a lot of things. <laughs> but uh, for our church, uh, I remember the day very clear because it was it was March 16th uh, was a Wednesday in 2020 and we were getting ready to kick off this brand new mentality on our Wednesday night small groups and things and we were starting to institute a real focus on fellowship uh, and not as much outreach but ministering to the people within the church and building those connections within our church and we had to get this March 16th was our first service we were going to do this we were going to deploy this new and the night before the 15th we had to make the decisions me and the deacons to cancel our services and we didn't go back to in-person services for a while and through that one of the interesting things is the church i serve has a rich history and it's been around for a long time and one of the best things that it did is we stopped searching for a new normal and we started embracing the things that we could do and focus on the things we could do uh, consistently uh, in everything that we did. We didn't really have tradition as as sometimes gets in the way uh, at church. So we were really able to focus on the meat and potatoes, so to speak, of worship. Because with my time online, there was a young man that uh, is still leading worship for us. We have we have a song leader, but this this young man came on to play the guitar and things. And for a time, it was just me and, me and him playing music. He would sing and I would play. And uh, that was about it because we didn't really have anybody coming back to church. And he volunteered these services because up until COVID, he was very busy like a lot of people. And what it did through COVID, some of the people that you would think 
are solid within your church, it gives them an opportunity to go elsewhere. And when they find their place, I guess, sometimes it's not with your church or the ministry that they had been serving in. And it gives them a window to serve uh, in other capacities sometimes. And sometimes, I hate to admit it, but people settle in that idea of just not doing anything. And they keep that up even when there's opportunity to serve, which is very sad. Uh, But in our particular case, it really let us know uh, as church leadership who not only we could rely on, but people that we might have overlooked their talents and not given them an opportunity. And really through the course of COVID, this last thing we had, our Bible school that we just finished up, was the, um, the glimmer of what was in 2019. We love Bible school. It's the only time of year that I actually say the words all hands on deck. And our our Bible school, we have a one-to-one ratio a lot of times of adults to kids. And if anybody is serving in children's ministry, I mean, adult presence makes things run smoother. Uh, For us, it does anyway. But it was just a wonderful experience. And we had a, uh, the group of kids come out, um, that uh, I think our highest night was 55 kids. And for, for our church, that's, pre- that's pretty cool yeah. to have 55 kids. We had about 40-some-odd uh, volunteers that rolled out, so almost hit that one-to-one. Uh, but people getting back out and really volunteering in a hurry for the classes that they had had uh, in years past. Because we only run a Bible school for like sixth grade down, really, seventh grade down, because in its infancy, about, I don't know, yeah. 10 years ago, we started using our college and high school students to put it on, and those people are still part of it. Okay. So that's pretty neat. So uh, you're uh, at this point, you're you're you are gathering, right? Oh, we are. You're We're full, gathering full capacity. Three services a week. Okay. Sunday school is back in. We do take precautions when it comes to our adult Sunday school class. When it reaches capacity, they move into the sanctuary, uh, and that's really the only adjustment that we have to make cons- consistently. Uh, there are a few things we haven't brought back in full force. Uh, our church was very, uh, we had a, a hugs and handshake time every service. We haven't gone back to that. But we, early on, we um, made a decision in leadership that at some point people had to take their own responsibility and evaluate their own risk sure. as to what they were going to be a part of. And we started streaming online and I started making phone calls to people that weren't coming and really working at not being judgmental, whatever reason that they had for not being with us, it was okay. But we were still going to try to minister to them, even if it was at a distance. Uh, so we did focus on that uh, that quite a bit. And, and sometimes people come with masks on still. That's fine. Uh, that's perfectly okay. So what percentage do you think you're back at this point? I think we're back at about 90%. That's really good. For our church, about 90%. And there's a a few in there, but what we're missing in that 90% uh, is some of our college age and high school students that had gone on to larger ministries that got rolling a little sooner than we did in those areas, which is, it's, uh, I think it's great because some of them have gone on to serve in positions and leading and starting small groups that they wouldn't have had the opportunity uh, at a church our size. We, size. we were kind of joking about technology earlier, yes. but what were you doing before COVID? Has, has your technology changed a lot? 
uh, as far as our streaming capabilities mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah. We're still getting to know our system because we have one of those. It was funny. We, we joked when we put it in our system that we were so far behind, we were ahead because we didn't have a sound booth or anything like that. So when we decided to move forward with audio video, we went completely wireless. So the people that are running those things are still sitting in their normal place, yeah. which is important <laughs> in a Baptist church. Remember, sit in your normal spot. Yeah. Uh, but they're able to run the system security and everything from where they normally sit through a tablet. And when it came to streaming and things, we really didn't do much of it uh, because when I was called to preach, I pastor, I, I really felt like I'm called to pastor New Home Baptist Church. And if somebody just tunes in for a split second or one service here and there, they'll miss a lot of the inside jokes. They'll miss a lot of the backstories that we have because yeah. we'll spend, we'll exposit a book on Sunday morning. We're in a, a topical series right now, but we'll go back into the expositing of books verse by verse. And uh, that has worked well, extremely well, because some of our people at church that travel are able to keep up with it even if they can't watch the the video or be a part of the live stream they can watch the service or they can read up and do their own study and i'll even send them sermon notes uh if they're not going to be able to do that and they can study the the sermon notes uh and the the points and things as they go through it that's good but we do facebook live we tried to do youtube and our capability of, of loading onto youtube was a little discouraging so in an effort to ease the burden I guess we just went with the Facebook live. So that's what we're doing now. So on our Facebook page, there's a series of all the sermons and things. You know, is there something that, uh, that you did that, that you thought this doesn't work and you just said, we're not, we just can't do this again. Something that's just not, hasn't been working. Maybe it didn't work before you tried it again, or maybe you decided to try something different uh, after you got opened back up from COVID. I think my one of the things that I had to fight was the the propensity. I think I'm using that word right to push because I like to. I'm a type A personality. I like things to move. If we have an idea, I want to see it get done in a hurry. And sometimes as pastor, if we start something, I say we as to anybody that's listening in the pastorate. If we start something and initiate it, it doesn't last. And there are things that have been taken up in this what this aftermath. I hope I hope I'm saying aftermath as in it's not going to rear its ugly head of COVID that people have started things that are genuinely new, but it was ideas that we we may have had earlier and had expressed interest in, but the seed finally took root and they took ownership of these things and have moved them forward at a rate that me as pastor could never push it. But it's it's people within the faith being discipled, becoming stronger in their faith, and a desire to be a part of God's work, and they'll press forward. And that's when those things last, uh, allowing other people to do that. Uh, we, we always talk about the things, our, our struggles with uh, our congregation and just the ministries. But we don't always talk about or even think about what the pastors, what the ministers are struggling during mm-hmm. this time. They're struggling, too. What were you facing? What, what, what did it feel like in the middle of COVID? Uh, when you're a when you're when I'm going to say job, when your job or your calling is people, that's hard. Uh, and for our church, the people that, that I get to pastor, it's if I just show up at their house, it's fine. 
you know, and they're tickled to see me. They don't need to, to clean up or do anything. You know, if we stay too long, we might eat a sandwich yeah. for supper or something. <laughs> if we're still hanging out, that's just the kind of group that it is. But with COVID, you had that little bit of reservation. I wasn't able to make hospital visits like I was, uh, but that even with that, we have people in our church that work in the hospital. So what a huge blessing it was, was you could ask if somebody was in the hospital, you might be able to ask somebody that's already working at the hospital to say, hey, can you go by and poke your head in and, mm-hmm. and say hi to so-and-so? They got admitted. So on their way out from work, they might be able to go by and actually be a friendly face. Because uh, that was a huge thing. My sister is in the, has worked in the nursing home industry for years. And one of the saddest things was the people that really had no choice to be isolated and the hurt, the the difficulty that arose in that. And I think that that resonated from a pastoral perspective, because when you're used to taking care of people and going to see them and holding their hand and praying with them and sharing a meal with them and that's taken away, that becomes difficult. Uh, but not only that, just the as in ministry, you know, as I, I'm assuming, you know, as well as I do, that the fellowship with people that are called into ministry can be so helpful. And when your small group is not or your small pastoral group isn't able to meet for a time because the building, if you're meeting at Chick-fil-A, like a friend of mine's office yeah. seems to be at Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Uh, and you don't get to go there inside. You don't meet in the parking lot. You just don't get to meet. And it becomes that, that void. And you can be really lonely. I mean, the pastor is kind of a lonely gig anyway at times. I t- jokingly tell people that uh, most of the most of my life, I've never been somebody's first choice. Most of the time, I'm their last hope. You know, and when somebody calls the preacher, it's, you know, a lot of times it's it's not the best day. It's kind of like nobody calls 911 and says, hey, I'm healthy, I'm great, I'm safe. Yeah. You know, very rarely do people contact the pastor when everything is, is awesome. I do have some people that do, though. Yeah. That's a praise. I do have some, some brothers and sisters that will call me or text me just, I mean, when God shows up and shows off and lets me share in those wonderful moments with them. So that that's a blessing. And that was a large thing that got us through. COVID was people still reaching out and letting us know that God was moving uh, in their life. So what about your family? I mean, uh, of course, you're, if your wife's a teacher, did they go back to school? They, well, they are now. They, are they now. did, but for a time they were doing online and they were doing the whole virtual thing, which is... It's hard, isn't it? Oh, it was. And it was kind of funny because Shelly was, uh, this was her first year of teaching and she oh. got dropped in and then COVID. So not only does she have to do the teaching, now she has to do virtually where she gets to teach the kid with the parents sitting in the same room. It was it was pretty cool. But the school handled it, handled it beautifully. Cool. My kids thrive through it. Uh, we're an outdoor kind of family anyway. And where we live is we have neighbors, sort of. But you got to walk to get to them a little bit, and that was that was great. But that still, we were still able to be outside and stuff. But the kids enjoyed it. But you still have a small farm, right? Well, we do. And uh, my my wife's family has a little place down there, and uh, I still have part of the horse facility that I used to have is still down my my mom and dad's place. Well, that's kind of a neat aspect because you can get your family out and kids and probably do more during that time. Oh, yeah. And we're right next home. to the lake. Yeah. So oh, we, wow. we social distance on the boat. <laughs> yeah. That was what we did. We, we got a, a, a little boat and we would, we would hit the lake a lot. Uh, so quarantine for us, the kids enjoyed it. And we did some camping well, that's good. and they, they, they just, they actually made the statement they had rather, we gave them the option when we were camping. They said, you like camping better or going to the beach? And they said, camping. Yeah. Like, really? And I said, yeah, camping. 
Well, you get to spend more time together. Right. Yeah. And that's what they liked about it. Now, have you found that within your church that the uh, families have drawn closer together through all this? Somehow. Some have really drawn closer together and the family unit, because we still have some people that live very close to their immediate family, and those family ties have become crazy strong. And we have some, though, what it hurt the most were the people that were not a part of family dynamics that may have moved here for work and they weren't a part of a social structure and found themselves at our church trying to find that that social belonging and was well on their way. And then COVID, so their immediate family wasn't very close. It's just really hard to connect and stay in fellowship with people when you're having to do that over the phone and virtually and things. So if you're to, to peer into the future, mm-hmm. you know, which none of us really know, but your best guess, do uh, all that we've we've encountered through COVID, there's time of being together as family or, or the negative side of that. What do you see within the church? What do you see? Uh, would, what's the church going to look like in five years with not just the congregation, the meeting, but the families in that church? What What do you see? Is anything going to be different or be the same or what? Now, when you, when you say the church, are you talking my church specifically or the church at large? Your church. My church at yeah. large. What I see most about is coming out of it is people that are getting more solid in their faith. And it's been a sifting process. For a lot of people, because the habit of going to church isn't something that's really a habit anymore. People that come back to church really want to be at church. And that's one of the most wonderful things that you can ever experience in any situation is being with a group of people that really want to be there. It's kind of like having Christmas and you have that group that shows up just to open presents. And then you have the group that they didn't show up to open presents. They stayed to hang out. And out of 20 people, if you have a large family gathering and there's like five, six that stay after everybody's gone and you're just relaxing and fellowshipping, it's that group that you're really close to, that you can confide in. It's like I say all the time, Jesus ministered to the masses. Like he preached to the masses, anybody that would listen, but he invested in a few. That was that was really the people that he invested in was a few. And we have to really focus on the people that we can, that are... Uh, close enough to us we, in our sphere of influence to do that. And I think people are doing that. People are discipling their children uh, more intentionally. And as a result of that, over the next five years, I don't know if our church would grow numerically over the next five years, but that's okay. Yeah. I believe our church will grow immensely uh, in its strength and its faith as they move forward, as we move forward together. Well, I think I think you're right. And, and the more pastors I've talked to, uh, your your uh, what's your observation is is just uh, there is almost like a sifting, mm-hmm. and so those who uh, come to church are there because they want to come and they want to learn they want to be disciples they they love the fellowship, and so I'm I'm excited about seeing what the church is going to look like in five years and then a little dreadful I think because those I know those who will not come back will uh, those who were not quite as faithful and will have to work hard at trying to to uh, get those back and involved in, in a relationship with the Lord. But, well, now, let's, uh, let's kind of make a quick turn here. So kind of share with me. I know you're, you're, since you're kind of an outdoors type guy, and, and I know uh, camp really uh, means a lot to you, uh, you your family. Oh, Because uh, you're, you're, uh, you've my, always been involved. My kids have grown up here. Grown up <laughs> here, crazy. yeah, Carson Springs. But, uh, 
but just the idea of if so speaking to another pastor right now does it really for if you were to take your congregation kids adults whatever away for a, a night or two to retreat away and spend some time getting to know them doing bible studies something like that does that really make an impact on your church it makes a huge impact I mean, when you're able to get people into an environment where they can they can fellowship and learn together without the distractions of normal life, and especially here when you can go and get like Wi-Fi service in like one spot, which is pretty awesome because it keeps me from trying to answer emails and other things. Uh, but from a pastoral perspective, I could speak directly to the pastor that's never been to camp or maybe has just sent their youth pastor to camp. I think from a pastoral perspective, I couldn't imagine, even if we had a youth, a designated youth pastor, I would still come with them because the opportunity that I have had with our kids just to hang out and not be the guy that preaches just on Sunday morning or pops his head in to take role at Bible school or, right. or whatever their perception of me may, may be, but really get to hang out. You know, uh, get to be shoved in the pool yeah. or splashed, <laughs> which happens often. Uh, or called on stage to dance or things, or just to be a part of them. And it's not really to come down to their level, but it's to create that connection that a lot of times we miss in our quote-unquote programming. And I think that for us, examining what we're able to do with kids at camp and the fellowship that we have and that connection that we have and translate that, if I could get families to do that, uh, intensely and have family retreats and things of that nature, I think it's hugely beneficial to get together. Uh, I've never had one that was not beneficial. Uh, any small group that I have been involved in, whether it be a retreat with other pastors for planning, uh, whether it was a evening of coffee with our association mm -hmm. to discuss particular topics, I've never had an, an intentional visit with someone that didn't result in something pretty amazing. And that's just, that increases exponentially when you come to camp and you're separated from everything else for just a couple of days. Even like this one at Journey Camp, where we just, we're just here for three days. Because I'm sure every year when they leave, they're not ready to leave. They, they want to stay the whole week. So yeah. this kind of lights the fire that they want to go another week next year. Uh, and like I said, we love camp. Yeah. We love coming and taking kids to camp and, uh, this just and coming to Carson Springs has become one of those things that we look forward to every year. We're all excited about you being here, and uh, so you're you're a good friend, and I appreciate you. I appreciate the coming. ministry you're yeah. doing here. It's wonderful to see. We were talking a while ago before you uh, we started recording about some of the improvements and things, and it's pretty cool to see some of the improvements. And me and you have also talked that it's been a couple of years yeah. since we've been here with COVID because we weren't able to be here last year. And some of the kids that we get to see from other churches uh, is pretty awesome because we've not only seen our kids grow up, but we've seen a lot of these other kids that come in, that come with other churches every year. And you skip a year and they get big. Yes. They get tall yeah. you know, and start to grow up on you. <laughs> but that's that's pretty cool to see. Uh, it's like a family unit all in it, all in itself. That's true. Well, Charlie, I really appreciate you taking the time. I know right in the middle of uh, journey camp, you got, you got to run, go find your, your boys yes. and, and here in yeah. just a couple of minutes, but I appreciate you coming and just sharing about what's going on at your church. Well, I and, appreciate you having me. Oh, no, anytime. And yeah. it's always exciting to hear about uh, God moving in your congregation. God is good. Yeah. And even in this time where he is uh, sifting the church, there are people that are 
becoming so strong in their faith and really learning not just the word, but really how to rightly divide the word. And they're spending time, even even myself, getting stronger in the ministry. There's a good friend of mine that I enjoy spending time with him that's kind of my mentor that I've got to hang out with for, I don't know, I think we've been meeting every three weeks or so for like four years. Yeah. Uh, that has been instrumental. So he teaches me things that I've never learned in seminary, but he's got a 20-year head start on me in the right, pastor. Right. Yeah. It's wonderful to draw on all that wisdom. Oh, I know. Well, thanks, Charlie. Uh, if you're listening to us uh, on... Uh, iTunes or Spotify, uh, please leave us a comment or just follow us. That'll help others to encourage them to listen to this great resource. If you uh, uh, have any questions for Charlie or what we do at TM Baptist Camps, we would love to hear from you. So send us an email at ccinfo at tmbaptist.org. Until next time, I hope that you look for opportunities to start a conversation about Christ with someone you know. Thanks for listening to Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. This and other episodes can be downloaded from tnbaptistcamps.org. The ministries of Carson Springs and Linden Valley are supported through the cooperative program and gifts received through the Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions. For more information, visit tnbaptistcamps.org.